I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. If you are tuning in for the very first time, I'm Meg and I am the host of the show. I have been podcasting since 2015, which is so crazy. And now we are already almost done the first month of 2022. So let's play a little bit of catch up on what's been happening in my world for the first month of 2022. And then we will hop over to our special guest, Gabby Sorensen from Gabacado on Instagram. You probably know who she is because she is doing amazing things in the eating disorder recovery space on Instagram, and I know a ton of you already follow her. So before we head over to the conversation that I had with her, I just wanted to chat a little bit because I feel like I have been so quiet over on social media lately. I have been posting to the podcast. I've been sending out my newsletter. So if you like getting a weekly email from me, make sure you join my newsletter because I really love connecting with you through email and you aren't going to be bombarded by a ton of emails from me. I literally send one a week and sometimes I don't even send one a week. (laughs) Sometimes we miss a week, let's be honest. So if you want to keep in touch there, there is a link in the show notes and you can choose any freebie you want. I have a meditation, a compassion journal download, a free inner child healing course. So tons of freebies for you to choose from. And by choosing a freebie, you'll get on my mailing list. And like I said, at most, you'll get one email a week from me. But the reason I share that with you this week is just because Instagram is making it so hard for us to connect over there. And Like I said, I just feel like I've been quite quiet over on Instagram this month. I think it's a mix of buying my first home. So we got the keys to our first house in December. So it was the end of December, which was super exciting. And we won't be moving in until the end of February. But we're taking these two months, January and February, to paint the place and do some renos that we wanted to do before we moved in. So with all my free time, I feel like all my energy is going into that. So my first priority is my clients, of course. They're always my top priority. But I feel like that 
my quietness over on Instagram is kind of influenced because I'm just so excited about going over to the house. I usually spend my entire weekend at the house painting. We're making a lot of progress, but it's slow progress. And if you've ever bought a house before and painted the whole thing yourself, you know how much work this is. So it's taking a whole team of people. <laughs> We're painting it ourselves though. We didn't hire painters. So it's this fun process, but we're moving along slowly, but the slow progress is really exciting. But I just thought I would share that with you because that is where I've been this month. If you've been wondering why I've been a little quiet on social media, but I'm just also waiting until that energy comes back for me to feel like I want to be really consistent and showing up on social media. But you can always guarantee that you have a podcast here every Wednesday waiting for you unless I give you a heads up that I'm taking a little break. But if you've been listening to the show for a while now, you'll know that those podcast breaks are few and far between. I love my podcast community so much and I can't thank you enough for being here. So just sending you special love today and just know that I'm always thinking of you and I so appreciate you tuning in every single Wednesday and you're all so special to me. So hopping over to our conversation this week with Gabby, Gabby comes from the modeling industry as well as the ballet world, the professional dancing world, which I find so fascinating. And she shares how both of those industries really influenced her relationship with her body and food and actually led her to an eating disorder. And how then the pandemic gave her that chance to pause and really start to fully embrace recovery. So like I said before, Gabby is doing amazing things over on Instagram. So if you want to fill your feed with positivity and eating disorder recovery encouragement, I highly recommend giving Gabby a follow. We have all of her links linked up for you in the show notes. So make sure you go check out those links there. And as always, if you are listening to the show and loving it, take a screenshot and share it on social media so other people can find the show. I so appreciate when you all do that. It really helps me spread the message. So thank you so much. And I will see you next week with the February mentor mental health check-in. Hey Gabby, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah, I love following you over on Instagram and you just told me you listened to the podcast, so that means so much to me. But yeah, I came across you on Instagram. I think maybe you commented on one of my posts or I saw you comment on someone else's post. And I was just like, I need you on the podcast because everything that you are putting out into the Instagram world is just so 
on point with the message that I like to share here on the podcast. So very excited to be having this conversation with you today. But if our listeners are just meeting you for the first time, I would love for you to just give us a little intro about yourself. Yeah. So hi, my name is Gabby. Um, I am a holistic health coach. Um, So I guess brief summary of how I got here. I kind of struggled with an eating disorder for years. I grew up as a ballet dancer, was in the modeling industry and um, kind of got to a really dark place. And that led me to seeking out some sort of fulfillment. So I started um, an online course, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to learn about holistic health. And um, yeah, that kind of one thing led to the next. I went on my own healing journey and now I'm just super passionate about like sharing that, sharing what I learned to help others. So Amazing. Yeah, I love your content about eating disorder recovery and intuitive eating and loving on your body. It's just, like I said, so aligned with everything that we like to share here on the podcast. But I would love to go back into your journey because I really do. I've been listening to my podcast listeners for years. I've been doing this show since 2017. And I know they always really appreciate hearing other people's stories and journeys because you're in a really great place now. And I like sharing kind of that story of where we once were and kind of how we got to where we were or where we are now and something that you and I actually have in common. Like we, we both um, struggled with an eating disorder ballet dancers too. I wasn't like professional or anything, but I was in to dance and stuff, but had to quit because of my eating disorder. But then we both studied nutrition and like health and stuff. And so I would also love to hear like how that impacted your relationship with food or where you were in your journey when you actually started studying nutrition. So If we were to go back, yeah. <laughs> Rewinding a lot. Yeah. Um, so I started ballet at age four, um, fell in love, knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I actually started struggling with anxiety, like pretty debilitating um, in second grade after my dog passed away in my bed. It was very traumatic for me. Um, and it just led like this really dark season of anxiety. Um, and as a second grader, like, you feel like you're going crazy. Um, and so I got put on medication, but like that, like the ballet studio was the one place where I felt free from my anxiety. So it was a safe space for me. Um, and so I continued doing ballet, of course, and just loved it. Performing was like my absolute favorite. Um, and then I, um, yeah, I think like for me, it was like, just having that structure as well was like very helpful for me and like escaping my mind. Um, but then like around age eight or nine, I got really serious about it. And I like knew I wanted to do it professionally. So I started dancing like four to 10 hours, six days a week. It became my entire world and my entire identity. So everyone knew me as, um, and I just knew like from such a young age, that's what I wanted for my life was to be a professional ballet dancer. Flash forward a little bit, um, ages 12 to 15, I grew like 10 inches. So I'm six feet tall now, quite tall. And that led to lots of insecurity for me. Um, And also like, you know, when I was younger and so active, like 
my body was never like anything I thought about, never thought about changing my body, never questioned my body, never questioned what I was eating. It was just, it was what it was. And then after I stopped like getting taller, I started growing into my body as you know, that happens as women, especially. Um, but that's when I first, like around 15, I started becoming like very aware of my body and how it was changing. And because I was a ballet dancer, I was in pink tights and a black leotard every single day, staring at myself in mirrors, comparing myself to everyone around me, never feeling good enough. Cause there's this level of perfection in ballet that you just feel like you have to achieve, but it's like impossible to achieve. So I was just constantly striving for that, never feeling good enough. And this one place where I felt so safe when I was younger now became a place where I felt like I no longer fit in because I was so tall and I just felt bigger than everyone. And um, that's kind of when I turned to my eating disorder for um, a sense of like comfort and something that I felt like I could, could control and um, something that I felt like I could maybe find purpose in. And so I, yeah, my eating disorder began around 17. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, fell victim to counting calories. And that's kind of when the whole downward spiral started for me and like weighing myself every morning and um, just a really, really dark place. Um, and then I was also doubting, like I didn't love ballet anymore. So I was really struggling with that as well. Cause it just, I didn't feel like I wanted that for my life anymore, but I felt stuck in it at this point because, you know, I was 17. I was thinking about what comes after high school. I was auditioning for colleges for ballet departments. And so like, I felt like I was stuck in this life that didn't feel like it aligned with me anymore. And so that, you know, as well kind of led to my eating disorder and really like clinging onto that for some sense of like control and purpose. Um, and then age 18, I ended up going to college for a summer term and one semester as a ballet major. And then while I was there, I quickly discovered that college was not the life for me. Um, and I actually got scouted by a modeling agency at that time. And that's when I was like, ooh, maybe this will make me feel better about myself. And maybe this is an industry where like, I'll feel like I fit in and you know, you're supposed to be tall and all of that. So I thought that was going to be it. And so I left college after one semester, went straight to New York and started modeling. Um, and as you can imagine, did not make me feel any better about myself, did the opposite. Um, I started like, I started out in New York. I lived there for about seven months and then I started traveling internationally. So I've lived in Hong Kong, Thailand, Tokyo, Paris, kind of all over. Um, but the modeling industry, I mean, just led me to one of the darkest places of my life. Like the industry is, um, it's a lot goes on behind the scenes that is very tough and dark and not glamorous. And um, I started to feel so incredibly unfulfilled. And I felt like I was living a lie because I was just posting like I was in magazines, like I was doing all the stuff that looked cool on the outside, but I had never felt more unhappy, more unfulfilled in my life. And so I just felt like I was just living this lie. 
And I finally got sick of that after a while. And I was feeling called to make a change and um, just called to find some sense of purpose somewhere. And so that's when I kind of, after four years of modeling, I um, was still modeling, but I was like, okay, I found this, I found an ad pop up for the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I was like, that's something I could do while I'm still modeling, maybe find a little more purpose. And um, so I started that online while I was still modeling. And then I was like in Tokyo and there was a lot of stuff going on in Tokyo that just did not align with who I am like prostitution, drugs, all this crazy stuff. Um, and I was going through like this part of my school, they were talking about career fulfillment and how important that is for our health. And I was like, modeling is not doing that for me. It's doing the opposite. Um, and I was like, I just don't wanna live like this anymore. So I actually ended up leaving Tokyo early, which is really looked down upon in the industry. Um, to like leave a contract like that early. I had to pay my way out of it. Like it was this big thing. Um, but it was the first time I had done something for me. Like the whole time in that industry, I was just doing stuff to please other people and like going here because I was told to, cutting my hair like this because I was told to, dressing like this because I was told to, acting like this because I was told to. And this was the first time I did something for me and for my health. And I think that was a very, important part of my journey and like a really big turning part turning point in my journey and um after that I went home and I was like I really need to heal I had recently opened up about my eating disorder to my parents for like the first time and I was like I just need to go home and heal I spent a couple months at home and then I was like I want to go back into modeling <laughs> so it wasn't really? like it, yeah, yeah it wasn't Lots of people say like, you know, healing is not linear and it was not linear yeah. for me. people to think like, I was like one day I'm going to do recovery. And then it was just up from there. Yes. It wasn't. It and I was think a it's lot. so important that we like elaborate on that too, right? Yeah. Like I've been doing so much reflecting on my recovery recently, just especially, you know, like new year vibes and mm -hmm. working with a lot of my clients who are at these like various stages of where I was in my recovery. And it just really puts things into perspective for me of how long it took me to actually get to this really rock solid place in my recovery. And so right when you said that, I was like, okay, we need to kind of like pause and highlight yes. the fact that <laughs> you were like, so done with modeling. You were like, mm -hmm. this is not aligned with what I want to be doing. So you quit, you like paid yourself out of your contract in Tokyo, went back home, and then you actually wanted to go back into modeling. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of like dipping a toe in and being like, hmm. I'm gonna go back to this and like I feel like I just dipped a toe into recovery quite a few times before it finally stuck um and so yeah I after like a, a month or so of being home maybe two months I was like I want to go back to New York maybe it'll feel different there than it does in Asia because Asia's really tough um and so I like met with all these I dropped my old agency met with all these new agencies and um, this was in like December and then December, 2019. And then in like January, the end of January, I heard back from one and they were like, yeah, we would love to sign her, but we want her here next week. And I, at that point, cause it had been a month since I had like gone to New York and I hadn't really heard from anyone yet. I had kind of like 
accepted the fact that I was just going to have more time to heal. And I really loved that. And I wanted that for myself. Um, and when they said that we want you here next week, I was like, Hmm, it's just still doesn't feel right. And, um, I, it was still so hard for me to turn this down too. I remember like, just like crying about it and like crying to my agent saying like, I need more time. I don't know how much time I'm going to need. I can't put a timeline on this, but I need more time to heal. And, um, this was like beginning of 2020 and then pandemic happened and I was kind of forced out of the industry for a while. And I feel like COVID was like a blessing in disguise for me as much as like my heart goes out to everyone, you know, who's negatively, of course, but, um, it forced me out of the industry and it forced me to remove all these distractions from my life that were distracting me from healing. And I just really got to focus on healing. And in the midst of that, I finally was like, so done with modeling and so happy to be out of the industry. I think that's when I noticed there was a big turning point when I was grateful that I was not in that industry anymore. And so that kind of one thing led to the next and, you know, here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying about COVID, you know, in so many different ways, it's impacted all of us, obviously, but I've heard from so many different people. It's just been this like blessing in this weird kind of sort of way. And it's nice to hear that it gave you that pause that you needed in order to really focus on your recovery. That's amazing. So what kind of happened for you during that time? So modeling was like COVID just basically was like, hey, this isn't really an option for you right now, or it gave you kind of that out. And I'm so curious what you kind of filled your time up with in terms yeah. of recovery, because you said you like dipped your toe into it so many times. So it wasn't really like your first time attempting recovery or diving into recovery. Yeah. So I really dove headfirst into listening to podcasts, filling my social media feed with lots of like recovery oriented content. I really like cleaned out my social media feed, which I think is one of the best things you can do for your recovery. Um, and like podcasts, books, um, like just all of this, I kind of just like surrounded myself with everything like recovery and healing and, um, YouTube videos, like everything you can think of. That's kind of what I just dove into. And, um, I don't know, just like one day at a time, it just kind of one thing led to the next. And then, um, I started going to therapy, which changed my life. I found an eating disorder specialized therapist, which I think is very important to do because I had a bad experience in the past with one who was not educated in eating disorders. Um, it was not good. Makes and that a kind huge of difference. <laughs> yeah. That kind of turned me off of therapy for like a whole year. It took me like a year to go back to it, but it's been life-changing since I found a therapist that specializes in eating disorders. So yeah, just like taking it one day at a time and just adding in lots of things that are going to, you know, lead to healing and benefit my recovery and just like keeping it a sacred, like really protecting my recovery along the way, I think is very important. And I kind of like made it, you know, in the midst of COVID, I kind of made it like my full-time job, which, um, 
I feel like you kind of have to do it a certain point in eating disorder recovery. It just kind of has to be like a big part of your life if you want to like when you're fully committing to it, you know? So yeah, that's kind of what I did. Yeah, definitely. It's like, okay, this is my main focus right now. And you can still have certain things going on. But what you just said actually reminds me of one of my clients. She quit her job during COVID because it was stressing her out so much, but she committed to recovery. Like she quit her job. So she literally had nothing else to do other than focus on recovery. And we were just reflecting on that this week and saying how that was seriously the best thing she could have done for herself because you don't have all of these other distractions. So something that I really loved what you said, Gabby, was that you make your recovery like this sacred thing for you and you're really protective of it. So can you share with us what that kind of looks like or what that includes? Like, how are you personally keeping your recovery really protected? Yeah, I think it all just, it comes down to these little things that you do throughout the day to care for yourself. Um, I found that to be just the most life-changing thing. It's just like keeping these things every day that like bring you closer to you, bring you peace, bring you comfort, making those a priority in your everyday keeps your healing safe and protected. It like creates this foundation for you. Um, and that's what I love so much about like holistic health is like, it just dives into every area of your life and just all of these little things that are just so, so important for your overall health and well-being. And um, I found that keeping my recovery safe has meant keep like keeping all of these things a part of my daily life, if that makes sense. So like all the ways I care for myself, like whether that's like going on a walk, meditating, journaling, reading, like just things that keep me grounded and keep my peace. Um, I find that because, you know, eating disorders are coping skills in a way. And so um, the more you take care of yourself, the less you're going to want to go to that unhealthy coping skill. So, yes, makes so much sense. So what are maybe some of your favorite practices that you literally do every single day? I know you mentioned like walking and stuff like that, but is there anything that really stands out for you that maybe our listeners haven't really included into their day yet, or maybe it is something so basic, but it's just making the biggest difference for you? Yeah, I think um, a big one for me is like, um, it all starts like first thing in the morning for me. So like how I start my day kind of makes a really big impact on how my days go. And so a big one for me is just not touching my phone right when I wake up. And um, I think that can be overlooked a lot, but just not going to social media first thing when I wake up, I wake up, I do like do some things to take care of my body, like drink lots of water. I love to like dry brush in the morning just because it makes me feel good. Um, drink some hot water, like do these things that like make me feel good first thing before I go to social media. I find when I start my day with like social media, I just feel way less grounded and um, kind of all over the place. And so meditation has been a big one for me as well. And that's something that I used to think like, oh, meditation just isn't for me. Um, but I like committed to it and gave it a chance and it's really transformed 
my mind in a big way. Um, it's, you know, helped me find so much peace and, you know, it's not about like, I think meditate, people think meditation is about just like stopping all the thoughts and that's not what it is. It's about like allowing them to flow through you and shifting your mind back to a peaceful place, which is just a practice that I feel like is just so life-changing. So meditation is a big one for me and I make sure to do at least like five minutes every day. Um, and that's been huge for me. And then just finding ways of moving my body that are gentle and, um, and you know, some days my body's like, no, I need a rest. And so that's a big part of it as well, of course. Um, but also like yoga transformed my entire relationship with my body and with movement, you know, growing up as a ballet dancer, it was always like, do more. Like if you're not hurting, you're not working hard enough, like push through the pain, like all of that kind of toxic stuff. And so when I first started yoga, again, I was like, always like, I don't think yoga is for me. It's too slow, blah, blah, blah. But I gave it a chance. And when I first started it, I remember like the instructor, I think I started with yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Um, love her. But I think she said like, just do what feels good. And I remember thinking like, what <laughs> do what feels good like that was such a foreign concept to me um but it's completely like transformed my relationship with my body and how I view movement um now it's like a form of care and like respect for my body and some days that's resting and not doing much some days that's just going on a walk some days that's doing like a little Pilates or whatever but it's always just a form of care for myself I love that. And I love how you kind of like normalized or brought out that doing what feels good for you was actually a foreign concept because obviously you're not the only one who feels that way, right? I'm sure we have listeners right now being like, yeah, I have no idea what feels good for me. And that's also why I wanted you to elaborate on what your self-care practices look like because a lot of the women listening to the show, right? They're not prioritizing that self-care. So it's like when we suggest just doing self-care to support them through recovery, it's like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? Yeah. So I love that you pointed that out. So just to maybe even dive deeper into that, if we do have listeners being like, yeah, I have no idea even what feels good for me because that is so foreign. How did you figure out what felt good for you? It was a lot of like experimenting and just like trial and error. Um, and I think being consistent with it as well. Like if I had just done one yoga class and been like, oh, that's not for me and never done another one again. I would have never had that like shift and that transformation. So for me, it took like being consistent with yoga. I think I did like a yoga with Adrienne. She has like these 30 day, um, 30 day journeys or something. So I think I was like, I'm just gonna give it 30 days and just give it a try. You know, I was actually working hard to get my period back at that point. And I had heard so many great things about yoga and I was like, you know, I'm, willing to do anything at this point. So I'm just going to try commit to 30 days. And so I think like committing to something, um, to a form of care for at least like a little bit of a, you know, at least a couple weeks to see, like truly give it a chance and see if it makes you feel good. Um, and then being okay if it doesn't. And like, if yoga's not for you, that's fine. 
move on and try something else. Um, being very, I think, I love the saying, like, you have to be curious, not judgmental. So be curious about it, ask yourself about it, but don't judge yourself for it if it's not for you. Yeah, I know. Like, I love yoga. I love just kind of doing my own little practices and stuff, but I've never had, and a lot of people in the recovery space do have that really big transformation with yoga and how they relate to their body and stuff. Like I've heard that so many times. I've personally never had that experience before and that's okay. It's not like I'm doing anything wrong. And if our listeners have experienced something like I have, they're not doing anything wrong either. I think just different practices work differently for us. So I love hearing about what's been working for you. So you mentioned working towards getting your period back. Yes. And (laughs) yeah, so I've had it back for over a year now. Um, You know, I'm working through like, you know, I'm struggling with hormonal acne and like PMS. And so I'm working through recently I've been diving deep into hormones trying to like heal um I'm sure you and I could talk about that forever (laughs) for days I know you did the raw carrot salad I've been doing that recently too to kind of help any any changes or do you like it (laughs) I've only done it a couple weeks but I honestly feel like I feel like it's helping my digestion a lot yes kind of crazy like nothing really has made like a noticeable difference in my digestion this has so I think that's a great perfect awesome so that's so great I actually prepped my carrot salad right before the show before this recording and then I'll go have it after (laughs) yeah I'm committed to it so I'm excited to see what's going to come from it and I know you had like Maddie Miles on the podcast love her so I've been like diving deep into like cycles and getting I'm taking her supplement all of that but um I lost my period for five years and the that's my eating disorder. And so getting that back was honestly a big motivation in my recovery as well. Cause I've always like wanted to have a family and um, I want that at some point in my life. And I didn't want to like jeopardize that. And honestly, just like, I wanted my body to feel safe. And I know that is a sign that your body feels safe. And so I really just was desiring to have my period back. And that was a big motivation for me on my journey. Um, It took lots of work, lots of patience. Um, Like, I think I had cramps at the same time every month for like six months before it actually came back. And that was so frustrating for me because I was like, oh, I'm having all these signs, but it's not there. Is it ever going to come back? So just, I think being patient with yourself in that process is so important. Like I heard someone say once that like, your body wants to have a period as much as you do. So you just have to let go and trust it. It's doing everything it can to heal. So just give it time, do what you can, do what you know you need to do. Um, and then it'll happen. It'll come back. So feeling very grateful to have my period back. Um, and I think I had this idea that, you know, when my period comes back, that means my hormones are all good, but now I'm kind of experiencing like hormonal acne and all the PMS stuff. And I'm like, okay, I need to do a little more work, but um grateful to be where I am on that journey. So yes, girl, I feel you. I am 30 years old and I'm like every month getting some acne on my forehead and stuff like that. So um I so get that. And in high school, I didn't have this ever. So it's yeah, like I know. all new to me. <laughs> I joke that like I've had to go through a second puberty since like getting yes. my period. But it's like a real thing, you know. It is. Like, 
And it's new. It's like, I don't remember my boobs being this sore before, like ever. But that is one thing that I know I talked about the carrot salad. And I actually have told everyone about like that I would record a podcast episode about the carrot salad, which I have not. So I should do that. But I talked a lot about how it's helped with like headaches, migraines, that sort of thing, because I was getting these awful migraines. But a huge thing that it's done for me is like my sore boobs. Like they were so bad leading up to every period. It was like, like lumpy and hard and like so painful. And that's something that I've noticed recently that they're like tender and kind just like sensitive, but they're not like painful anymore because of the raw carrot salad. I was going to bring that up too. Like that was a big thing for me. Like I always knew my period was coming because my boobs just got so sore and my period should be coming any day now. And there's still no soreness there. So I'm like, I wonder if that's where all carrot salad, but I don't know. Like, you will have to let me know. You'll have <laughs> yeah, to message me. For sure. So it's so it's super cool. Like I love just like, like, it's so cool how we can just heal our bodies. I love that. So Yeah. Awesome. So I know you just started the raw carrot salad like a couple weeks ago, but I've had a lot of people message me wanting to start it because they also are like, Hey, I got my period back. And now I'm working on addressing kind of like hormone imbalance, PMS stuff, that sort of thing. And so I'm just curious, like for me, it was really easy to just start having it every day. I'm curious for you, like, did you do anything to make sure that you were having it every day? Any helpful tips? (laughs) It's honestly, I'm kind of the same way. Like, it's easy for me um, to just, like, bring in a new habit like that. Um, And I, I just, I add, like, spices and stuff to it to, like, make it taste better. Like, I do um you know the carrots and then a little olive oil and apple cider vinegar and then I usually add like cilantro and garlic powder and sometimes like coconut aminos like because it just makes it taste a little better so I think of course like making it something you actually enjoy is going to be super helpful and you actually like the taste of um but yeah, it was pretty easy for me. It's actually really good. I enjoy it every day. So. I love it. I love it. Especially if you let it marinate a little bit in the dressing, like the ACV, it just mm-hmm. like kind of breaks down the carrots a little bit and it's just so good. But I like your idea about the cilantro. That yeah, sounds well, so good. And cilantro is also really good for like your liver and stuff. Yes. I think my lover's a little, needs a little extra love. So yeah, yeah. And you're doing everything that you need to be doing to love on your liver for sure. So that makes me so happy that, so you got your period back throughout the pandemic. Is it, is that when you got it back? Yeah, it was October, 2020 that I got it back. And it was honestly like, I had just committed to that like 30 day yoga journey and it was right after that that it came back um and so I think like my just relationship with exercise like that was like the last little piece that I kind of needed to kind of let my body feel safe again um so yeah had you been doing more strenuous exercise before that yeah so ballet I continued doing that that was a such a difficult thing for me to let go of and it wasn't even just like the 
obsessive like relationship with exercise that was definitely a part of it but it was also like the identity part of ballet that I struggled so so much with and um I didn't really kind of move away from that until honestly like four or five months ago maybe even like three months ago um so that's been something I've been working hard like in therapy to like just let go of that identity part of me and just like feel not feeling like a failure for like letting that go you know so um yeah I continue doing ballet like at the start of the pandemic like I was doing like two hours of zoom classes in my garage every single day like six days a week just because I just felt like I couldn't let it go and I remember my mom was like why are you doing this like why are you spending two hours in the garage every day if you don't even want a professional career like I knew I didn't want that as a career but I just couldn't was struggling so much with just letting it go and so that was a big that's been a big part of my journey as well um so ballet was you know it held on after I stopped you know after I left college at 18 it was still like a big thing in my life for a while so no doubt I mean you had been doing it for most of your life so it only makes sense that it did become a big part of who you are and it is hard to let go of those things for sure yeah 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 but I'm so happy that you shared with us that that is something that you're working on right now with your therapist, because I love conversations like this. At the beginning of every month, I do like a mental health check-in episode. And I think it's just so important to share with our listeners, like, hey, we we got through these hard times. We're no longer struggling with an ED disorder. We got our periods back. We're in this like really good place. And we're still like working with a therapist and we're still working okay. through these things, right? Well- I still love therapy um I feel like it's a lot like I kind of view it as like kind of like an onion like there are layers to healing it's like eating disorder was a big chunk of that layer but once you peel it off there's still like deeper stuff you know it started from somewhere and so you know there's a lot of like healing that has to go on beneath the surface of an eating disorder I feel like so so grateful to be where I am but it's definitely not perfect I think there's this idea and I think I thought when I was going to be fully recovered from my eating disorder, it was going to be sunshine and rainbows, but that's just not reality. And I think we need to like speak about that more that like life isn't perfect after you recover. It's so beautiful. And like, you feel so grateful and it feels so surreal to be freed from that. But like, that doesn't mean everything else is perfect. So Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Honestly, I so truly am. And it's been so great to chat with you today. I have two more questions for you. So someone who is committed to nourishing her body well, Mm -hmm. and be healthy and thriving in her recovery. I'm Mm -hmm. curious, maybe for some inspiration for our listeners, what's like your favorite meal right now? in these wintry months. I know you're in LA though, so it's not really cold or anything, but I'm curious what you're really loving nourishing your body with right now. I have a couple favorites. So (laughs) tahini pasta, absolutely love it. Um, So it's like one of my favorite recipes. I eat it a lot. Um, Basically, I just like saute whatever veggies I want, some diced tomatoes, and then pasta, whatever kind of pasta I want. And then I you know, add like balsamic vinegar, lots of garlic, and I mix it together and mix in tahini. And it is so good. Must that try. sounds amazing. 
And now so, I want pasta. Like I'm like, yeah. I feel like I need to eat that for dinner right now. <laughs> totally should. Um, recipes on my Instagram. <laughs> but Amazing. like that, that's one of my favorites. Um, I also love like any kind of nourish bowl, just like load it with all the veggies, like beans, legumes, lentils, um, something creamy, so like tahini sauce, avocado. Those are always, always a good idea. And then I love um like tacos, like Mexican food, tacos, bowls. Um, so yeah, those are probably my go-tos. Right on. Well, I will link up or we will, you'll send me the link to the recipe for your tahini pasta. So everyone can, we'll have that in the show notes. And then finally, something I ask all of my guests is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Mm, I love that question. Um, to me, it means probably just like having such a strong foundation of like care and respect for yourself that like nothing can break it, you know? Yes. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job at that. So I'm curious what you're up to these days before we sign off here, where people can find you on Instagram, just give them your handle and all that stuff. Yeah. So I am at Gabicado on Instagram. Um, I'm there pretty much daily, um, posting recipes and just like any kind of inspiration that comes up related to holistic health and wellness and recovery. Um, I'm a holistic health coach as well. So I do one-on-one coaching. Um, and yeah, so my website is gabicado.com if you're interested in that, but we will have everything linked up for our listeners in the show notes. Thank you so much, Gabby. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. 